0: You are listening to Home Truths. Home Home Truths. Truths. Home Truths. Truths. Stories of strength and songs of hope from men experiencing homelessness in risen Australia. Violence and addiction are common threads in the stories of men who are homeless. In this episode, we talk to Rod Jones, a mental health, alcohol and drugs expert, and Ashley Kobo, recently homeless, about the relationship between addiction, anger and homelessness and some of the issues men face before, during and after homelessness. Here are Rod and Ashley introducing themselves.
1: My name's Rod, Rod Jones. My experience in the alcohol and drug field goes back to Probably the early to mid-1980s when I first started working in that field. Prior to that, I'd been working in mental health. Then I made a move across the alcohol and drug area and I've been working either in that area or in mental health ever since, but probably mostly within the alcohol and drugs field. So that's involved all sorts of different things. That's involved counselling. I've been a counsellor in the past in that area. Working within hospitals, doing liaison work teaching and training
2: I'm Ashley Cobbo I stay at OzCare I was formerly like homeless and suffered with depression anxiety yeah like a lot comes down like the main reason like um, with me why I suffer with anxiety and depression too and homeless because stuff that happened in my life and one of the main ones was um my train surfing accident which i lost leg below the knee roughly at the calf muscle the bottom of the calf muscle and the rest leg down and my arm amputated just a little stump there it split my head open bruised my brain fractured the bottom two vertebrae in my neck they expected me to be like uh quadriplegic uh mainly didn't expect me to like yeah, pull out of it it set me back for years i'm still understand myself now like learning everything again like being right-handed and right-footed pretty much anything so i've learned to i've changed pretty much to the left so with my left hand i'm more coordinated and all that but at the start learned to even simple things as write my signature. It was like, if you see in the kindergarten or grade one map, you can see their name, but it's all like zigzag scribble. Even now, I can't write letters or anything, anything too long. My writing get like scribbly again.
0: Homelessness can have serious detrimental impacts on health and well-being, and can exacerbate both mental and physical illnesses. Can I ask you an anecdotal question? When you were working with people Were a lot of them that came in from that having experienced homelessness or at some stage been through homelessness?
1: It varies and... You could look at that on a continuum. So if you were to ask ask that question of people when they come into your service, what you'd find is some people had experienced it and they may have just experienced it as a fleeting and brief thing, ranging through to people who are currently in the service are considered homeless. And being homeless, the definition of that doesn't necessarily mean that they're out on the streets. They may be. Being homeless means that you don't have the option of having long-term supportive or long-term accommodation.
0: How does drug and alcohol and addiction lead to homelessness or like, how, what's its role, I guess, in a person in, or a man ending up in homelessness?
1: Homelessness is, is a really complicated thing for people. There'll be a range of issues there always that make up their plight of us being homeless. So... The alcohol and drug issue could have been something that was one of the larger causative factors, or it might be something that occurred after that person became homeless. And It's probably best to point out at this point in time that about 11% of people who are within homeless services have an alcohol and other drug problem. So not all people who are homeless will have an alcohol and other drug problem. But for those people who do, it makes their plight a little bit more complex and it it makes the way that we intervene and um, help them perhaps uh, uh, a little bit more specialised and a little bit more longer term.
0: What are some of the setbacks that men who have addictions and are homeless experience and why? I
1: suppose one of the main setbacks is something that for anyone who has a dependence on, say, alcohol or other drugs will experience. Experience, and that's the potential to relapse once they've been able to successfully do something about the issue. Finding services that are suitable would be another. A barrier that can stand in the road of things for them. But I guess if we just looked at that issue of relapse, what that says is that we need to be prepared to offer service over a long period of time. We need to be prepared to find supports and things that are going to be over a long period of time. And that's the more realistic way of looking at how we could help those people overcome those kinds of barriers. So the specific sorts of barriers are related to relapse and then subsequently related to all the issues that go along with that. So financial problems and so on. Some services won't, or some housing services, won't accept people who might still currently be drinking. A, if a person's drinking, then they have trouble finding accommodation, and B, there's that issue again of once they've stopped drinking, of being able to maintain that.
0: Researchers found that after becoming homeless, high numbers of males aged 25 and over develop substance abuse problems. This has been viewed by many as a means of adapting to the situation or coping with the anxiety and stress.
2: I was 15 at the time, roughly yeah, just fresh 15 and I'd, um, I started drinking. I'd already s- smoked cannabis beforehand. At, yeah, at that time I was like, even like lost my virginity. Yeah, like you, you I don't know, you feel like a man, you think you're all that. Uh, the first time I ever got pierced, I was staying with a cousin cousin and girlfriend and we were staying in a caravan park and like, we'd just smoke Yandi pretty much all the time. And then one night, a couple of his mates, my cousin's mates, came over in that and bought alcohol. Uh, and the next couple of times I thought I got better, but I, I was a cheeky sort of drunk too. I could be all right, but then I'd get cheeky and that. But that's sort of followed on to like now, like 35, that's back when I was 15. Drinking is, oh, I drink and I get to a certain level, I'm like a light switch. Someone could say something as a joke, not even talking to me, like talking to someone else. And if I think they're talking to me, like bang, just click my light switch and what'd you say? I don't want to drink no more. Like, it's actually, I find that I don't. I have a beer or two, but even though three beers now, I taste it and I think with my head like uh, I actually don't like the taste when I think about it I don't think I really ever like the taste of that alcohol and I've just yeah, I've just drank like because I used to always drink when I was younger and to this day if I was still drinking today, well, it's like I haven't drank for like 20 years but it's like probably nothing would be able for 20 days alcohol, it's done no good for me
0: You are listening to Home Truths
3: Side of the road.
0: There are numerous and complex factors to homelessness. Some of these include poverty, abuse and health. With poverty, people might experience financial crisis, unemployment, economic and social exclusion, a lack of appropriate employment opportunities, or difficulties accessing income support. With abuse, they might experience domestic and family violence or a relationship breakdown. With their health it could be drug, alcohol or gambling addiction, a severe and persistent psychological or mental illness or psychological distress. There are systematic issues we can't control. An absence of support, housing crisis, shortage of affordable and available rental housing. Thing is, while each of these factors can cause a person to become homeless, they can also be a reason why that person remains homeless.
1: Generally speaking, what you would find is most people will have some form of stressor or some form of occurrence that's happened earlier in their life that once you delve into it, you'll find that that was a contributing factor in the long term or that it's been there and that person might have been drinking or using other drugs to cope with that. All of us who have a mortgage... We're potentially only two or three to four payments away from the risk of homelessness. So, you know, when you take that into account, that's just one issue that's common and that you'll hear. Either the person started drinking or using alcohol and other drugs through stress or to use as a coping mechanism. And over a period of time it's it's kind of gotten out of control, so it's become more of the problem on top of those other things. So therefore it personifies all those other things. So people have less money. Family breakdown is uh, very common when, once people reach that stage of dependence in their use. So having that kind of support, suddenly go up and smoke, that's very difficult. So we've got a range of things happening there. You've got financial issues now. You've got somebody who doesn't have that family support anymore because the family can't cope. And so the outcome is, is uh, inevitable. And that, that person's going to have some sort of experience of homelessness.
0: Every day, thousands of Australians are living close to homelessness. A failed business, sickness, injury, or the death of a loved one can leave families one pay slip away from job loss and at risk of losing their home. It can happen to anyone.
2: When I first had my accident, for years, i blamed blame everybody. Like, ah, oh, you don't love me. You don't care what happened to me and this stuff. Rah, 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 my family and friends. You know, I think I was sort of... Accusing my own family, like pretty much their fault that I had my accent. I just done the poor bugger me act. That stayed me for years. Only in the last couple of years, like I've started, I, I put myself into the mental ward, pulled one, um, at the hospital. I put myself in because my mental capacity is like at breaking point. Like I want, I'm just over it, over it. I don't fully understand, like I'm sort of, even in a headache with myself, trying to work out like, was it this, is it this, Something wants to give up in me, but the other side just won't let it, it keeps fighting, that's why I take any questions of anxiety, because I wake up every morning and think every day like, uh, how to kill myself, yeah, I just thought about suicide and that, like the pain inside my head.
0: As mentioned earlier, Homelessness is the result of a complex series of interconnected events and factors, some of which impact people's behaviour and influence their choices across generations.
1: I guess a way of illustrating that would be to use a case, and of course, For obvious reasons, we won't say who that is, and and in fact, to be um, anonymous, we won't mention what towns and things, but there's one chap that comes to mind who grew up and lived in another major city in Australia. He was very successful in a business, grew that business into something that was very successful. What happened was he'd never used alcohol in his life. He had a family history, and in particular, he had a dad who had been alcohol-dependent And then, for whatever reason, I can't recall why, it might have been in a meeting with um, other people who were drinking socially or whatever, he, he had a few drinks. And then that, over time, and it wasn't a very long period of time, either escalated into problematic drinking and then into dependent drinking. And everything really started to go downhill from there. He lost his family support. The family no longer could cope with what was happening. He was out of control in terms of being able to manage the alcohol. And subsequently, the business suffered because of it. And eventually he ended up bankrupt. So what happened is he came to Brisbane as a means of trying to find a new life and put all those sorts of things behind him. When you delve into that chap's case, it probably also had some grounding in some of the stressors that occurred during his childhood and his upbringing. So when you look at the fact that his dad had a problem with alcohol and his dad was a somewhat abusive chap and so on. So he had a fairly stressful and traumatic childhood, this fellow. Maybe that was contributing too. I'd conclude that by saying that that's just one example, and it's probably a good illustration of how things can go awry, but it is only one example. So there's a whole range of variation on how that can occur and what causative factors might have been there for a person. So each person's plight can be a wee bit different.
0: A significant number of men, around 20%, experiencing homelessness may have PTSD not directly related to the commonly understood PTSD triggers such as military service.
2: I'd gone into town in Yeah, I put up with some mates and one of the mates, his sister, was my girlfriend. She bumped into us. They'd go, no, no, save us, save us. I end up going, I think I thought if I... Oh, he'll be my mate still, but if I don't go first, he might break out for me. And we went to the Red Bank Plaza. We walked back um, when we were finished there to Red Bank train station. It was too late and the train had gone past, so it was like, oh, no, we'll just wait for the next one. And a coal train went past. One of the friends, she started jumping on. She was jumping on and like, it was only going real slow, like a couple of k's. She jumped on, and off and I started doing it. All I can remember is jumping on, and they had like these little bits come out so you can hold on with your hands. I kept jumping on, jumping off, and when I jumped on while I was going faster, all I remember is jumping on and feeling like um, slipping. I was sober, no drugs in my system and that, but when I slipped, I let myself sort of fall back. I must thought I was going back on the platform anyway. I remember just slipping. Next thing I remember, I'm waking up and I'm on the tracks and I could see my hand. Yep, yeah, it's alright. It's inside the track. And that. couldn't see like lower my body because I was sort of just had my head tilted looking. Then I looked over to the other side, and there was my arm. Then the track, and then the rest of my arm on the other side. The train had actually chopped it off. While I was actually knocked out, I could hear the train ching 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 ching. And then when I came to, like that's all I knew. So when they got me into the um, on the stretcher, and then they put me up onto the platform and from there on to the proper ambulance stretcher I think it was just the oxygen they put on me and because my blood pressure and all that and like adrenaline's gone and all that and lost all that blood they just put the mask over me and it just all went blurry and then I can't remember exactly like if it was like the next day or something like from when I woke up or a couple days later so. the doctors came in they asked me do you know what happened and I had three doctors one for the head injury one for the arm and leg and one for the neck injury. I thought I still might have had my arm because it had the heaps of wrapping around my fingers yeah. and that and I was thinking, oh, I might not just be able to see the fingers there in front. Inside my head I sort of knew like, yeah, I've lost the arm. When I told them that about the arm, they said, is that all? I clicked on straight away, why would they say that? Why would you say that? Then they asked me, do you want to know what the full extent of the injury was?" And I was like, yeah and then they told me they said yes you lost um then told me about my leg that was just like whoa that that was one of the hard ones i can remember crying like when they had to take me in and clean up the leg one bit because i go into surgery a couple of times they didn't even stitch it up straight away they had to keep it open that yeah told me that my head i'd split it open and bruised my brain and they fractured the uh, bottom two vertebrae in my neck we were expected pretty much be a vegetable progiplegic like in a wheelchair just mm. can't do nothing but to die too just very lucky that i was given a second chance
0: next is ash's song performed by ash and the whoopie doo crew recorded in the four Zed studios fortitude valley in brisbane
3: side of the track Moved from Gain to it Ipswich, I was 15 Drinking, it's smoking, it's yummy, lost my virginity Made everyone fall and fall
0: listening to Home Truths.
3: An
0: Research has found that men who become homeless due to mental illness or substance abuse remain homeless for longer, at an average of 60 months, which is around five years. What do people in the community need to know about men experiencing addiction and homelessness?
1: Unfortunately, there's some mythical thinking in the community still, and I guess we need to, to continue to address those myths, you know, people um, don't necessarily become homeless by choice and they just simply can't turn around and you know, some people will say, oh well, they just get a job. You know, well it's it's a lot more complicated than that. Way more complicated. So I guess understanding that a person's a person who is dependent on a substance and homeless will potentially have a long term process of turning things around, mainly due to the complexity and the nature of their plight. I guess people in the community, would be good for them to know that we really need to try and build and create further services. There are excellent services out there now for people who are dependent and who have alcohol and drug problems. We need to continually grow and, and build on that. And what we need to do is we need to, to continue to have services, and services are doing this. We need to continue have them uh, working together so that there's not just one person going to an alcohol and drug service for example, they might engage with a homelessness service, an alcohol and drug service, other edu- educational services, some sort of um, re-entry into the workforce thing at some point in time down the track and so on. So the overall approach will be a comprehensive approach to that person's problem.
0: Men who experience homelessness on a medium or long-term basis have been found to experience higher rates of mental illness than males with a stable housing history
2: it's been a slow and fast journey like yeah 20 years is not a short talk but it is too when you like you can remember things like they were yesterday and that. but even though i'll come across you know people say oh you've got a bit of wisdom there and that, but that's a big word i believe i'm smart but i become lazy too and ignorant to bettering myself like you look at me today but i take you back three four months five months when i first came here like you can ask the workers they'll tell you like i've improved just down from where we stay here they've got an old commonwealth i got into a argument with with one chick i just couldn't take it no more and i just done my limp run because i got the prosthetic leg. and i just head butted the brick wall knocked myself clean out i woke up in the hospital the bus one Went to hospital again, just over it. Walked in front of the bus and smashed back my head like this. If the other fellow wasn't there, I probably would have done the job. I want to be free of this thoughts of self-harm and that. What stops me mainly like to get on that issue just quickly is my mum. I want to put mum through that, through that pain There, Her and my dad have already buried one of their children. You know, couldn't put them through, through that pain, but at the same time, I was... Like I'm in pain too. Physical pain doesn't bother me as much as the mental pain. To me it's like you've gone to ammunitions and fireworks factory, throwing fire in their bull and that <laughs> But it's fireproof, explosion proof, everything so it can't explode. So my head can't explode, but it's like it's just bull it's trying to escape, 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 escape. I wanna leave that legacy too, but get no me because maybe one day I won't be able to stop myself, you know? The one thing that's kept me going through all of this is, like, I know I can do it. I do think it was meant to be, but over the years, like, you know, I'd have the daydreams of what I'd like to ask, what I would have been doing or anything like that. At the end of those thoughts, I always remember, like, yeah, I look at it like it could have changed different aspects of other people's lives.
0: There is evidence that men across all age groups are less likely to see help than women, whether from a GP or mental health professional, or for housing and homelessness-related issues. What could be done to help a man experiencing homelessness and addiction to get back on track?
1: Well, the first thing is to try and get them to link in with alcohol and drug services. And the alcohol and drug services do actually have an alcohol and drug homeless service. It's very good in terms of being able to intervene and interact with people and, and start doing an assessment and getting things sorted out. More often than not, somebody who has a dependence on alcohol or other substances, their plight in terms of complexity will be a lot more complex than somebody who doesn't use alcohol and other drugs and so therefore we need to also consider is there a mental health component to that person's problem they could you know and that could be anything ranging from a a depressive state of being to to a depressive disorder or it might even be they might even be experiencing symptoms of a psychotic disorder or whatever so I guess a very comprehensive assessment somewhere where that person can go and have a very comprehensive assessment of what their problem is Somewhere where they can have supported accommodation, and that's really important. So then I guess we need to look at what are the risk factors of this occurring again? So we would look at the risk factors and then try and cover those risk factors in terms of things like relapse and what are going to, what are going to be the stressors out there, you know. Is he going to be able to find employment, and if so, how how is that going to happen? How is it, does he need assistance to do that etc so i guess yeah, it's an overall support process and intervention around designing something that's best for that person's individual needs as best we can
0: you've been listening to home truths next episode we talk about the lifelong effects that violence can have on people and how men living rough are trying to find their own strength The program was produced by Kim Stewart, Craig Garrett, Renee Jones, and Nick Huntington with the support of Community Radio 4 Z, and the Brisbane City Council Creative Sparks Fund. The Creative Sparks Fund is a partnership between the Queensland Government and Brisbane City Council to support local arts and culture in Brisbane.